The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey everyone, welcome to the MLB Fantasy Waiver Wire Q&A. To those of you who are joining us live via YouTube and Twitch, and welcome to Circling the Bases for those listening in podcast form. My name is Chris Crawford. I am joined today by my pretty good friend, Drew Silva. Drew, how are you doing? I'd say we're friends. Yeah, friends. Uh, pretty good, I think, is a uh, is a, a fair qualifier. I mean, like... Yeah, I, it was better in the before times when we used to get to like, <laughs> actually meet up a couple times a year i don't um, even remember those times yeah i know hopefully we can get back to that because i i owe you a, a dinner for top chef oh yeah we I might uh, owe you I, two or three by now yeah that's a, well the first one was supposed to be beers and i don't think we ever set something for the second one i you conspicuously did not text me back about talking about the uh, the finale of that by the way but uh that's okay. It's uh, I did pull off an upset. I needed Buddha to win in order to win the thing, and uh, he did the dang thing. That was a pretty good season, by the way. It was a great season, and they kind of did had to do it small again, but it felt a little bit bigger than the previous season. I, I think they do really well. Whoever runs that show um, mm-hmm. does a really good job of like adjusting to whatever needs to be adjusted and, and to still make it an entertaining season. And yeah, we can talk baseball in a bit, but I think by the, by the end of that season, I, I think it was pretty obvious that Buddha was going to be the winner as long as he didn't mess it up, which you yeah. can do, but that guy is super talented. And I mean, I was really impressed with Evelyn all season long. She She's was great. right up there near the top. And you were saying you thought she was the favorite and Sarah, man, to come back through uh, Last Chance Kitchen like she did. And so to, like, tough. To come into the finale with a really unique approach, like doing like a whole animal or, or like whatever ingredient she was using, she was going to use every part of it. Yeah. And I, I think Tom really actually liked that. If she had done her, was it Rabbit, I think, was her like third course? If she had done that yeah. a little bit better, yeah. I think but, she might have had a shot at it. Yeah. Because I th- I think that's right. I think if she would have executed everything, she was going to be the winner. Um, And that's no disrespect to them. I will tell you this too, real quick, before we get into baseball, what I liked about this season was more of a focus on cooking than quirky. And that's when I don't, my least favorite top chef episodes are when it's like, you got to use this weird ingredient that happens to be sponsored by the show. And I get it. You got to make that cash. 
but at the same time, uh, I like. Or there's the like some, some kind of obstacle course. Like. Yeah, that's that is not that is not for me. Where they have to figure out like time stuff. Like those are not athletes. So no. let's actually talk about some athletes. We just watched a baseball game that was um, not great. It's it Nationals beat, and Phillies. <laughs> Nationals and Phillies. Uh, final score, surprisingly, uh, was Nationals nine, Phillies three. Uh, they salvaged the Nationals one game of the five-game series. By the way, more five-game series. I have enjoyed these very much. I haven't enjoyed them for my Seattle Mariners because it's not going very well. But I like these five-game series with these doubleheaders on Saturday. Juan Soto hits a three-run homer. It's nice to see. Has not been a fantasy stalwart this year, to be completely honest with you. Hitting 219, 367, 440. Does have 14 homers, which is puts him on a very nice pace. Uh, we just did our, uh, while you were on vacation, I, I don't understand how that works, but uh, while you were doing whatever that is, uh, we did a mock we did a mock draft for the rest of the season featuring Circling the Bases crew and also Scott Pianowski from Yahoo. Uh, I ended up taking Juan Soto with the sixth overall pick, which, you know, if we do did a draft before the season, Juan Soto is going in the one or two, one or two. Yeah. yeah. How concerned or optimistic or combination of both are you, Drew, about Juan Soto for the rest of the season? It was awesome to see him hit that absolute meteor to right field. Second deck there at Nationals Park, like a vintage drop to his knee. Juan Soto swing and not on a pitch that you would think that he could pull. Like it was kind of tailing toward the outside part of the plate and he roped it. Um, it. So I I'm I feel fine. Like he still has an OPS above 800. They were saying on the broadcast, like, um, yeah, it's it's been a struggle this season for Juan Soto, but only relative to Juan Soto or the greatest players in the game. Like you know, there's right. a lot of players out there who would kill for an 800 OPS in their down season. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not cons- I'm not concerned about him. If if you can buy low on him, do it. Like I, I, I get that his supporting cast is is pretty awful, and we'll probably yeah. get more awful after the trade deadline on August second. Like I'm, it, hopefully they have a Nelson Cruz to flip for some prospects. I think Josh sure. Bell is certain to be moved. Um, anyone that they can trade, they'll probably trade because I think the Nationals need to get a little bit more aggressive in rebuilding. And I guess the Max Scherzer trade Turner trade last year started that, but it's it's time to really get into that because you're going to have to sign Juan Soto long-term. I don't think there's any way they let him go, I guess, unless he wants to go to free agency and then you know, they're going to have to contend with other teams for it. But he's still young and you could still, he's still very young and you could yeah. still build a, a, a great team around him. There's still time to do that, but they need to get really serious about being able to do that. Um, so I think I'd still take him as a top five. I, I think where you got him at six makes a lot of sense from for what we've seen and what we can expect moving forward. Yeah, and here's the thing, too, is like when you're doing this, and I've talked about this in the last few podcasts, you're not – if you're getting Juan Soto, you are not getting the numbers that he had right now. You're getting everything that he's going to do from this point on. And well, everything sir. we've seen from Juan Soto suggests that he's going to be a significantly better player. Like – you know, that, that 807 OPS is nice, but the 218 average has hurt folks. There's no question about that. And if you're playing in a 5 by 5 league, that's a big part of it. But, I mean, even in a 
down year in that type of situation. His hard hit percentage in the 76th percentile is expected weighted above the expected WOBA is 97th percentile. He's going to be just fine. I am a little concerned about the RBI potential just because of the fact, you know, that he plays with a, like you said, a team not very good. I'll be really curious to see about Josh Bell uh, where he ends up because I think he is one of the most interesting bats that's going to be on the free agent or excuse me on the trade uh, yeah. trade market. And with, you know, the DH now in the national league, there are so it's many potential great point. fits for him. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they're going to do well in that trade to get, you know, a couple of B level prospects or something like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe even, I mean, if, if he he's had a nice season and if he continues this up into right late July, they're going to do really well with that. that. Because there's no hurry. They, they can absolutely wait and see what's going on. If, if worst comes to worst, if you can get a couple of B-level guys, that's great. But if he's holding on, he might be one of those guys that you can get a top 100 guy. Yep. Um, real quick, Drew, uh, Jackson Tetrialt, seven innings today, three runs. None of them earned. Uh, only struck out two with two walks. Um, I thought he pitched okay, but I think at the same time, probably not an arm you're looking at in terms of fantasy. No, and you mentioned that I was on vacation over the last week. And when you go on vacation for a week in baseball, like as a baseball writer, (laughs) you come back and you have no idea what's going on. Uh, So I I did try to play a little catch up. We got back, like I I told you before the show, like 2.30 a.m. this morning. So I did try to play a little catch up once I finally woke up from my slumber. Um, I don't really know who Jackson Tetriel is, to be honest with you. It's a... uh, a pretty much definition of, of an organizational arm to me. Yeah. Just the type of guy that you you like having your organization because he's not going to kill you. He's not going to um, blow up your bullpen. But at the same time, if he is one of your starters, you're not feeling very comfortable about things going on. Good for him against a Phillies lineup that happened to not have Bryce Harper today well, as well. I thought it was hurt. impressive. So he got hit with that liner like in his shin. Is that the, yeah. I think the, his, his final inning of work or, or the, maybe the fifth inning – yeah. Um, and then makes a play like, I mean, he was down on the ground for a bit and then makes the final out by going yeah. and retrieving the ball along the third baseline. So, you know, I like the competitive spirit. Again, I don't I, I don't really know who he is, which is that, that, embarrassing to admit. But, you know, no, I, I no, it's, no, it's not. It's it's not embarrassing at all. It's kind of embarrassing that the Washington Nationals are starting him, to be completely honest yeah. with you. Uh, by the way, guys, I should have said this at the beginning of the show. Send all of your questions in, whether it is waiver wire, whether it's trade this guy for that guy, whether it's uh, rank these type of players, whether it's related to Top Chef. Hey, I'll answer any Top Chef questions um, that you want. Um, you can ask yeah. me about my vacation, too. Ask him about his vacation, I guess. Uh, how did you like Fenway Park, by the way? Great. So I had been there a few times. I saw fish there like 12 years ago. And then I'd, I'd been to two Royals Red Sox games randomly. Um, and one White Sox Red Sox game, uh, nice. but the Cardinals hadn't played there since I think the early '90s, other than World Series games, yeah. which yeah. tended to not go well up there. For them, but, <laughs> we won't talk. About um, so it, it was, but I was with my wife and my stepdad and my mom met us there. They're in Boston for the week, just doing some sightseeing. So it was cool to like see it again through their eyes. Um, you know, like it almost felt like I was there for the first time. I I love it. It's very tight in there, <laughs> um, and my stepdad's six six two fifty. Um, oh yeah, and I'm six two two thirty. 
Sure. Um, so I felt bad for my mom and, and my wife who were just kind of squeezed together with us because we sat like grandstand where they haven't replaced the seats since I think it opened in 1912. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, that's kind of part of the charm, I guess. Um, sure. They have updated it in certain areas and, and renovated parts of it. It's It's a beautiful stadium, really intimate. There were a ton of Cardinals fans there. Um, which was really cool. Actually, so I was out on Cape Cod nice. all, all week uh, right before that, and I, I I don't think I'd ever seen a Cardinals hat in Provincetown where we stay, uh, but there were like a, quite a few of them. I and imagine. Like, yeah, and like we would eat at certain restaurants, and they'd ask where you're from, and I was like, you know, we're like St. Louis, and like there's like a bunch of St. Louis people up here this week. What is that? <laughs> like uh, the Cardinals are playing at Fenway and I guess yeah. they're, they're coming to see the Cape. So yeah. Um, yeah, really, really cool experience overall and, and got a little sunburn. You can kind of see my nose is oh, peeling already. Little. Sure. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. Come back to St. Louis where it's like 102 and oh. 90% oh. humidity. No, thank you. No, no thing to have to come back to that and to that pizza. I mean, that's just really not fair. Dude, um, I, I had emos today as, as our first meal back. So it'll uh, be, I'm so proud of you. Um, this is a, a question from our buddy, Chad. I'll start with an easy Peacock Game of the Week non-question. Just talk to us about how Luis Garcia is the hottest hitter in baseball right now. And he may not be the hottest, but he is up there right now because he just had a three-for-four game where he scored three runs with – he did have a strikeout. Who cares? 360, 372, 507 on the season. Now, it's worth pointing out that Luis Garcia was a top prospect. and didn't look particularly ready in his first couple of tastes of MLB action, but it's worth pointing out he was one of the youngest players in baseball in both of those chances. Really is impressed so far, playing shortstop, playing every day, kind of hitting in the middle of the lineup. Is Luis Garcia somebody you're adding to rosters right now, Drew? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm right when they called him up, I made him pick up of the day. It was when Alcides Escobar went on the injured list, um, and I don't know why Alcides Escobar is still playing in the majors to be honest but it's crazy but i was I, i'm i mean looking at that situation and pickup of the day is part of like our season tools package which everyone should sign up for um absolutely but like looking at the situation he's got incredible numbers at triple a like you said when they brought him up he was rushed to the majors they had to bring him up at that point um but now he went back to triple a got a little more confidence and just look at like i think it's 79 games he, he's played in his career at triple a he's got like you know, almost 20 homers. The batting line looks great. There's a little bit of swing and miss there. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I was like, this guy's going to run away with that shortstop gig. By the time Escobar um, <laughs> comes back from the IL, Garcia is going to be their starting shortstop or, you know, possibly their starting second baseman if Cesar Hernandez gets hurt. Like they can move him around. Right. Um, and I, I love the offensive ability. Like it's, it's, it's the blueprint for like a fantasy waiver wire pickup. And um, he's been great. We do these Yahoo videos too, you and me. And, and I made my, before I, I left you um, and to enjoy my sweet week in, in Massachusetts, uh, I, I made one about Luis Garcia. And usually I don't, I kind of handle like the, the bigger names and you like to grab the prospects, but I stole that one from you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And you, you did well doing it. I am shocked. Do you know what Luis Garcia's roster percentage is right now in Yahoo Leaks? It's probably low. 13%. That makes no sense. I'm sorry. Especially at second base and shortstop, which are two positions. Basically, the entire infield this year, the depth is just 
expletive deleted. It is not good right now. There is no reason for Luis Garcia to not be rostered in more leagues than not at this point. Like the worst thing that happens is you drop dude, but everything we've seen from him and the prospect pedigree and the fact that he is getting all of this playing time for an organization that even after winning today is on pace to win a whopping 54 games. Yeah, absolutely. Luis Garcia. I mean, and I think some more pop will start to come as well. He's hit the yep. two homers. I imagine that he'll be closer to a, a 20 to 25 homer pace and you'll get a drop in average. That's okay. The approach that you play, it leaves a lot to be desired. But if you sting the baseball like he does, it doesn't really matter. It hurts you a little bit in on base league or points leagues because you'd like to get those free sweet, sweet walks. But at the same time, I just can't imagine leaving him on the roster with some of the just mediocre at best options that you're probably rostering above him. Man, yeah, I, I want to show this comment too. Yeah, and I, I did write that blurb. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and look for that blurb. Well, it's just like uh, I forget what the exact wording is. Like, uh, he's going to replace Alcides Escobar, who is for some reason was still on major. <laughs> it's kind of oh. just what I said. But man, uh, yeah, just before we hopped on, and I see a, a comment about that Manny Machado injury. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. Please, oh, uh, his. Please. Uh, I, I don't even want to describe it. I mean, it's it's looks like he he broke his ankle. Honestly, oh, it looks like no. it snapped in half. And sometimes those ankle injuries look worse than they yeah, are. But sure. um, that that's something you can keep it locked on our player news page, and we'll certainly be tracking uh, that. Absolutely. And if we get more information as we're recording this podcast, we'll be sure to update as well. Um, unfortunately, let's talk about another injury, Drew. Mookie Betts going on the injured list uh, with a cracked rib. Uh, Dave Roberts said that they're hopeful that they can get him back in two weeks, but it's going to depend on healing and also depend on how much pain he's in. I think it's worth pointing out that a cracked rib is going to be one of the more painful injuries to play through. Uh, like not that any injury doesn't hurt, but having something that is literally affecting how you breathe is going to be something. And it's unfortunate to any injury is unfortunate, but Mookie Betts was playing at an MVP level. I mean, he ended up going seventh in our mock draft, uh, scoring a ton of runs, hitting near the top of that unbelievably good Dodgers lineup. So two things for you, Drew. One, how concerning do you think this is? And two, if you are somebody who has Mookie Betts on their roster, you have any options for us? Yeah, I mean, this is an injury that has a wide variance when it comes to the timetable. It like depends on where it is um, sure. in, in the rib cage. Sometimes it's you know it's a a bone that doesn't affect your breathing, and sometimes it's one that can cause heart problems. So there's like a lot of you know variance to that. Like Chris Sale had a cracked rib, and he's still not back. Or he no. did, yeah, yeah, not not yet, but he's like having trouble with his throwing programs. Um, I think he is on a, on a better path now, but. I mean, and, and it's different for pitchers than it is for outfielders. Sure. Um, and looking at this comment, I forgot. I forget sometimes that Betts is a uh, uh, second base eligibility. You can be plug him in at second base on Yahoo, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, in terms of outfielders, like Michael Harris, the second comes to mind. I know that his his roster percentage has gone up in a big way. It might be over fifty percent by now. Right. Um, it was at forty percent before my glorious vacation, which I'll, I'll keep bringing up. Um, <laughs> Can you talk about him for a second? Like, is, sure. is he this legit or like he's an incredible defensive outfielder? Yeah. I'm sure he'll come back down to earth and yeah. maybe doesn't offer a ton of power, but there's speed there. And he's, he's been playing pretty much every day. So 
He's showing a lot more power than I thought he would show. He has he homer today. He's one for two with a homer in a uh, six nothing lead over the Cubs, um, and is homered in doing the quick math here three of the last six games. So I'm encouraged by that for sure. I had no. It's weird to say no doubt about an average guy for somebody who has as little experience he is and it's literally skipped a level. But all the talent is here for him to be a fantasy stalwart for a long time. He's stolen a couple of bases. He's hitting 324. That average has gone up now, going one for two with the homer. I like him a lot. And at first, when we talked about him uh, with George when he was doing uh, this Sunday show, we talked about how this was kind of a, a, a test run for him, and it wouldn't be a big deal for the Braves to send him back down. Sure. He's done everything and then some to suggest that he is an absolute regular because he's also a very good defensive player for an outfield, even with Ronald Acuna, that is not exactly loaded with quality defensive players, to be completely honest. Michael Harris isn't Christian Pache, but he's not a huge downgrade below, and that's very few people are Christian Pache. I'm a huge fan. I think Michael Harris is here to stay, and I think that he's already rostered in 54% of the leagues, by the way, which is a massive jump from where he was at that time where I think he said he went on vacation. It's a massive jump from that point in time. But, yeah, I think he is here to stay. Looking at these options for second base, Bertie, Donovan, Odor. Dude, Bertie is like on a stolen bases tear if that's what you need. like, And he's, he's a guy who's getting a ton of playing time. There's a lot of good options on this list. Like, sure, I, 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 I like Brendan Donovan's game. He could play the outfield too, mm-hmm. uh, but I, don't, I don't know if the playing time is always going to be there for him. That would you, be my concern. Yeah. To replace Betts, you want someone who's pretty much an everyday player. McNeil yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. Gavin Lux has been kind of up and down, like he has throughout his career. But um, yeah. there's certainly some talent there. You worry about playing time with him sometimes, but um. Yeah, those are decent options. I, I think if you're if you're just looking for a bat too, Luke Voigt is still available mm-hmm. in a lot of leagues. And he's been I think he had extra base hits in it was nearly ten straight games, but they took away his double uh yesterday. So it, it was nine of the last ten games he's had an extra base hit. And he's someone who we've seen go on massive power stretches. He led the the majors and homers during the COVID shortened season with the Yankees in 2020. Um, I think if, if you're just looking for like some guy that's going to be a high impact player and is available in a lot of leagues, Voight makes a ton of sense. Um, in terms of outfielders, Luis Gonzalez of the Giants is out there. I think his roster percentage is under 10 on Yahoo, and he's got a bit of power and speed and, and hitting for a nice average right now. And you see him looks out of the leadoff spot too, which is um, always valuable in, in fantasy pursuits. Um, so those those are some of the names that come to mind. Dylan Moore is available in a lot of leagues and has that kind of power speed upside, but sure. it's going to kill you in batting average. So I don't yeah. know if in if OBP leagues a much more interesting play because he's going to he does have a patient approach at the plate. A much yep. so interesting to say because he's kind of a better real life player in one category and then a better fantasy player in a couple of other categories. That's yep. quite the uh, conundrum. Uh, one player you didn't mention, and I know that you didn't mention him just because you knew we were going to talk about him, is Riley Green. So Riley Green finally got the call up on Saturday, and by finally, it's a weird thing to say. But let's keep in mind that, assuming the Tigers weren't lying to us, was going to make the MLB roster until he fractured his foot, um, spent a couple of months basically on the injured list, put up some decent numbers in the minors, but it really wasn't about the numbers. It was about him getting healthy. Uh, made his debut on Saturday, and all dude did 
was go two for three with two walks, scored a couple of runs. Is Riley Green a must-add in fantasy formats now, Drew? Yeah. Simply, simply put, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think he's a an ultra talent who is like has all the skills that you want in fantasy. Um, I maybe there's like people who are a little gun shy because Spencer Torkelson hasn't really figured it out yet, and right. you know there have been a lot of prospects who have taken the Torkelson path and or yeah. the Jared Kelnick path or you baseball's know, you could, hard. Baseball's hard, <laughs> um, but maybe Riley Green will be more like a a Juan Soto. Sure. <laughs> Probably yeah. not. Probably not. No. But I, I think you know he's got the skills to reach base all four times to the plate in your MLB debut. Says something. Yeah. And, uh, we don't like to dabble in in one day sample sizes, but um, I yeah. I mean, you, you look at what he did <laughs> <laughs> in the minors last year. Sure. Uh, yeah, batted three hundred one with a nine twenty one OPS, twenty four homers, sixteen steals, and one hundred and twenty four games between Double A AA and Triple A, and that was. After, you know, I, I worry about some of these guys that got robbed of development time in 2020 because yes, sure. he was only drafted in 2019. So to like lose that right after your first year, and that was out of high school too. Um, but I, maybe it was good for some guys to like get away from organized baseball for a bit. I think there's also an angle where that makes sense. Like we saw Buster Posey. Um, like for a, a catcher to get a gap year was was kind of beneficial for him. Absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, you you know prospects better than I do, but I, I think Riley Green's going to be a stud, and and it could happen right away. Like maybe we're seeing. Oh, for sure. And by the way, I'm glad you brought up that 2019 draft because this is looking special. Like you've got Adley Rutschman, Bobby Witt Jr., C.J. Abrams, um, Riley Green. Uh, a bunch of other players who have been very successful. Andrew Vaughn. On. Andrew Vaughn. Nick Lodolo. Um, Josh Nick Young, who we would have seen in the majors this year. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, this is a crazy draft that wasn't exactly like Alec Manoa. Alec I Manoa. Yeah. Yep. Bryce and Stott. Yeah. This is a special class. It's by the way, if you can get a box of 2019 Bowman draft, um, congratulations on being incredibly rich. And also that is a great product to get right now because there are so many first Bowmans that are worth, uh, and that's without Bobby Wood Jr. They held him back until the next year. Um, but it is definitely something you want to look at, but I love Riley green. I think unfortunately the player he reminds me the most of like as a prospect was Jared Kelnick and look, that hasn't worked out, <laughs> but I will say this. It was, it's baseball is hard. And I think that what we're looking at is an extremely high floor dude. I think you're looking at a guy who can hit for average score runs should be hitting near the top of the Detroit lineup just because Drew, this Detroit lineup, man, it's bad. And I didn't see this coming. I thought that they were a little overrated coming into the year, but I didn't see like, I believe I read somebody on fan graphs wrote that they're like on pace to be one of the worst offenses of the modern era, which is like, like I joked on Twitter that like Aaron judge has more homers now than anybody on the Detroit lineup is going to have for the rest of the season. It's not a joke anymore. I think that's just kind of a lock. Yeah, um, no, that's for sure. Yeah. But this I, is, yeah, they, they, I mean, they're down there with the A's like, yeah. Oh, which is 
that's uh, not good. That is and, not what you yeah. want to do. I mean, the Tigers had expectations. The A's were like legitimately yeah. trying to lose. The the A's are the plot of Major League, and yeah. the Detroit Tigers were trying to be a playoff team this year. So that's disappointing. But yeah, Riley Green is somebody I'm definitely rostering. He's currently available in 47% of leagues. I'm kind of surprised Michael Harris is rostered more than Riley Green, just because I think a lot of people were holding on to Green, hoping for this. But uh, definitely a guy that I am looking to yeah, so, roster. Yeah. So lineup spot, let me, sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah. So he, he, he hit sixth on his debut and he's already up to fifth today. So yeah, there you I, go. moving on up, man. Well, There's like plenty of a uh, pathway for him to rise right to the top. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. you're looking at this, a, a couple of people sent me questions about wondering about playing time. You're not calling up Riley green. If you aren't playing this guy every single day. And the other thing that helps here too, is that he's really improved his defense. Like a guy that a lot of people thought when he was in the draft was going to be a corner outfielder. And while that doesn't help you in fantasy, it does mean that, you know, it helped him in this development to get to the majors this quick, that they had this much confidence in his defense. There are not a lot of prospects left through to be. I was going to say, I was going to be like, what is your top 10 going to look like? It's, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be, I think a lot more arms now that I would like, because I prefer not to have too many pitchers on this list just because there's so much volatility with pitchers. And, you know, especially if you're playing in a five by five league, um, pitchers who you're often getting called up are not necessarily pitching for the greatest teams and you know you gotta have you want to have guys who can actually miss bats that are guys who are getting called up for good teams. It's it's very rare that those two work out for some reason. Um, O'Neill Cruz is going to be number one until he finally gets called up. All right. I, so so as a guy who was on vacation again, <laughs> that's the yeah. last time I'll mention it. But what is the situation there? Because I I like just saw people complaining that it's like a protracted promotion or something. Do you? Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Yeah, and there was something that came out today that uh, Ben Charrington said there is a chance O'Neill Cruz could be promoted during the homestand. So <laughs> it's a very confusing situation, especially yeah. with Leover Piguero getting the call up, who I think is very interesting as well, more of a long-term play um, than somebody that I'm counting on for 2022. It's where he – so Charrington's quote, this is a case where development is going to continue no matter what level at, including the major leagues. A player doesn't have to be perfect or finished to be called up. We think O'Neill is really close. Really, really close. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's great that he's really, really close. It seemed like he was really, really close to begin the season. He probably should have made the major league roster. So there's something going on here. There so could the, be okay. – yeah, so yeah. the anticipation is that he's up this week. That, that is the ex- expectation. Okay. But at the same time, this could be a George R.R. Martin situation where the Dragons are coming, and they're going to keep this guy down. I think that there is some real rookie of the year stuff going on with this. I, I really wonder – this is just such an odd situation because the Pirates are not good. Yeah. Uh, it is clear that O'Neill Cruz is one of their best players right now. If you take a look at his number at 233, 337, 424, that is not indicative of how he has been playing, especially as of late, as of all. Um, since like the end of May, he's been on a heater. He's He's been incredible. Um, or since in th- like mid-May, actually. Yeah, exactly. In 13 games this month, he's hitting 283, 364, 500. Long story short, I'm still rostering O'Neill Cruz because I just can't imagine that there are 
players that have this kind of upside at the position he's playing that can help you. I just can't imagine that there are those guys, even if he doesn't get the call up until, you know, it's June 19th as we're recording right now. If he doesn't get that call up, even until the start of July, wasting 10 days of this type of talent to me is really not that big a deal. Are you rostering O'Neill Cruz? It depends what the situation is, but generally, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely worth a speculative stash, and it depends what your roster sizes are. There's a lot of, yeah, but yeah, s- simple. Simply put, yeah, I think the, you know, he had a bad first couple of weeks at AAA, um, but then, but since then has been good. Like maybe he was frustrated that he didn't make the opening day roster. Because, I think there's a hundred percent some of that stuff, like because the approach was pretty good, and I just wonder if there was some. You know, also, I think that the the Pirates may have been telling him to work on some stuff. We actually saw this from Jared Kelnick when he got promoted or, excuse me, demoted to AAA, where there was a, a bunch of strikeouts where it was very clear that the Mariners were telling this guy, we want you to hit the ball to the opposite field. And if you can't make contact to the opposite field, don't swing because we don't want to see you pulling the baseball right now. We want to see you using the whole field. I bet you there was some stuff with O'Neill Cruz going on early in the season where they were talking about, we want to see you draw walks. We want to see the patience at the plate. We also want to manipulate your service time while we're doing that. <laughs> but this, because there's just no doubt that O'Neill Cruz is one of the best players um, well, on the yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates. You remember like the in the final week of what was a, Three four weeks spring training, they put him in left field all of a sudden in a great yes. game. It's like this is going to be the excuse that we want you to play left field. <laughs> Work on your defense. The Chicago White Sox perfected it, and the Pittsburgh Pirates now have a chance to uh, do it pretty well. But yeah, I'm still rostering him. There are actually very few prospect bats that I am rostering right now. Josh Lowe is a guy that I'm considering just because he's been pretty good, and I do think there could be an opportunity for him to play. Um, Let me ask you about Ivan Herrera, and and I don't think he's going to sure. get a, an everyday job. But and they put yeah, the card. This is a Cardinals catching prospect, and he got his first start, his first major league start at catcher uh, this afternoon at Fedway, um, where I took a vacation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I, I don't know, his numbers I think are are really awesome. Like for a yep. catcher to have the plate discipline that he has with a little bit of pop. And for him to rise to the the AAA level at age twenty one, he turned twenty two earlier this month. But sure, um, I I don't I don't know uh, like I don't know when he's going to be like the, an everyday guy for them. I think they want right. to give Andrew Kisner a look. Um, I don't know. I, like it, I'm not saying like as a fantasy prospect this year, but what do you think about him long term? I like him long term quite a bit, and I will say this: the catching position is loaded. It's fun to say that too as a guy who has begged to play in no-catcher leagues that don't actually exist. Um, I, I I am really excited about Herrera long-term and the catching position in a whole. Like, you talk about that patience at the plate. That is very exciting, especially if you're playing in an OBP league or in a points league. I think he has added value there. Pretty much a lock to stick behind the plate, mostly plus grades behind the plate, so that's good. You know, he doesn't have a standout tool in terms of hit or power, but both of those things project average. And average becomes closer to plus when we're talking about catchers. That's just yep. the way that this works. I mean, it's funny that he's only 22 because I can remember 
writing about this guy when he signed in 2016, which yeah. is just, it just shows you how Should long be illegal maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be another thing. And it's one of the reasons why, um, why the draft is a, a complicated thing, but also something that I kind of understand might be necessary. Are we really nearing the yeah? Are we nearing the deadline for them to work that out? Yes, we are. We are v- getting very close to that, and I haven't heard a whole heck of a lot about it. Which it's is going to get pushed back to the winter, you know? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Though I mean, so many things are going to get pushed back. I, I was talking to a um, old friend of mine about like, are you sure that the pitch clock is coming next year? Are you sure? that the shift is going away. And I, I wanted to say, Oh yeah, for sure. And then I think, Oh, baseball. Like <laughs> I can't say for sure that any of these things are actually coming. It's very, very likely, but I can't say for sure that any of this stuff is coming for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's hard lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Drew, Jordan Walker, by the way, I think he's probably a next year play. But I've been really, really impressed from what I've seen, especially as of late. Uh, 311, 404, 507, a 911 OPS, seven homers, which isn't indicative of his power at all. He's also stolen 14 bases. Yeah. Here's – let me ask you two things. Is there any chance that we could see Jordan Walker this year? And two – is he ranking extremely high? Go into my head. Is he ranking extremely high on my list for 2023? I think there's a chance he doesn't reach the majors even next year. Um, Interesting. I mean, he's young as hell. Like he's and, twenty. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, what he's done at every level is incredible. And if he continues on that that ascent, yeah, like to be twenty and and ripping it up at Double A in the Texas League is really incredible. So may, maybe I'm I'm wrong. I don't, I think there's no way it happens this year. And if no. it does happen in 2023, I don't think he's like an early season guy. I think it's more towards the end. Um, but I don't know. You you know the landscape better than I do. If he, I mean, if all right, if they promote him to AAA this summer, which this seems summer. possible, right? Yes, if, it does. I will then, say this yeah. though: the Cardinals in general have a similar approach, kind of to the Guardians in terms of this thing, where they really like guys to get a good amount of time at every single level. 
And so that's why I think it's more likely that he is 2024 is, is a possibility just because he's a 20 year old. And if he has any type of lull in uh, progression, that even won't be a bad thing. It's just not all development is linear. Most prospects have a down period. It won't be a big deal. I do think he's got a chance to be special in 2023 though, just because that power is impressive. I think if he goes and plays in a park that will be more beneficial to power, people will start to see that. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw, he had a walk-off home run a couple of days ago. That was, I was on vacation. You were on vacation, but he had a bat flip too. That would have gotten 80 grades Um, (laughs) real quick. um, Before we get into some two start options, I will say if you're rostering anybody who's in double area right now, Take a look at Corbin Carroll for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who is putting up insane numbers and is one of the most talented prospects in baseball. I think you can make a real argument, especially now that Riley Green is up, that he is the best prospect still in the minors right now. Like, legit chance to hit for average power and steal bases. Look at those numbers. They are unbelievable. And also look at the numbers he was putting up before his injury last year. I think Corbin Carroll, if you are somebody who has a deep bench and you can afford to roster somebody who is in double A right now, Corbin Carroll is going to rank fairly high on my list in part because every other prospect is in the major leagues right now other than O'Neill Cruz, but also because like that talent is special. Yeah, I mean, the Diamondbacks have some outfielders, like some real outfield talent. Yeah, that, it's impressive. And unfortunately, one of the most talented guys – Christian Robinson doesn't have any type of clarity right now, but that's another guy that's, you know, could be, if, if things work out, I won't comment too much further on that because it's a a very, very disturbing story, but yeah, they have a loaded outfield. Alec Thomas, by the way, who we talked about, I think in the very first one of these things has been really impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll go from a prospect talked to starting pitcher talk. I mean, we are basically in the middle of the year, Drew. This is the time where, getting a good two-star pitcher in a week can be pretty big. Give us some options. Well, Corbin Burns, like these are like the the obvious guys that are all uh, roster. But I've he, heard of him. Yeah, he's got the Cardinals and Blue Jays, which is kind of a tough stretch, but he's Corbin Burns. So I think you start him. I think you start Shane McClanahan. He's got the Yankees and then the Pirates. That's mm. a be on no-hitter alert for that start <laughs> against the Pirates. Uh, Max Freed, Giants, Dodgers, you nice. Darvish, Diamondbacks, Phillies. Logan Webb at Atlanta and then hosting the Reds. Luis Severino, who's looked impressive at the Rays. And then Houston, I, I mean, you're going to start him in those. You, you feel a little bit un, more uneasy than the, the guys I listed before him. Dylan Cease, Blue Jays, Orioles. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, who is is rostered everywhere by now because he's in, in the midst of a true breakout. He's got at Cincinnati, at Atlanta. Feel good about that two-start slate. Jose Barrios at Chicago, White Sox at the Brewers. Nestor Cortez uh, has Rays, Astros. Spencer Strider is an interesting one. Giants and then the Dodgers. Um, so that's kind of like, eh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Lance Lynn is an interesting one. He did not look very good in his uh, his first, I guess, his season debut. Um, and he's got the Blue Jays, which I'd be a little concerned about. His velocity was down. Um, but then he's he's got the Orioles after that, and it's at Chicago. Um, so I, I would probably start him. Um, his pitch count is is up there where you want it to be. Um, yeah. But it's it's a little bit uneasy having to face Toronto for that first start. Miles Michaelis at the Brewers and then the Cubs, I would do definitely start him. He's not sure. going to get you a, a ton of 
strikeouts, but they have like, uh, what did he go? 130 pitches or something. It was close to that. 120 something pitches. I was shocked in, in his last start. And so I, I think they're just trying to get everything they can out of him because the Cardinals middle relief situation is an issue. Yes. Um, also have Joe Ryan uh, hosting the Guardians and the Rockies, so that start is not at Coors Field. Kyle Gibson is one that stands out if he's out there and and and, and on the waiver wire. He's got at the Rangers, at the Padres, um, and the Padres could be without Manny Machado, as we referenced. I don't think there was any update on that injury, which usually tells you it's he's going for some kind of scans. Right. Um, Tyler Malley, Dodgers, Giants. Uh, Malley's been so up and down this year. The Reds really need him to turn into a, a good trade candidate. Um, looked a little bit better lately, though. Uh, Tyler Wells is interesting. He's got the Nationals and then the White Sox. Um, I mean, not not a ton of strikeouts there, but his ERA has been pretty good this season. Um, yeah, a lot of these other guys hurt. Are big time like you know, questionable? Anthony Anthony DeSclafani, um, just like a perennial streamer. He's got at the Braves and then the Reds, which is a pretty good matchup. I think um, DeSclafani means streamer in Italian. Yeah, <laughs> we should end the show on that on that yeah. line. Uh, real quick, Drew Rasmussen is that? I think he might be a two start guy. Yep. Is that a guy that you're considering? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, kind of kind of borderline. I, I don't really know what his matchups are. Uh, Oakland and Seattle. So that's, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that was just one that I happened to be looking at, by the way, Seth Trackman does an outstanding job of compiling yeah. this list of guys to take a look at. It is something that I have to look at in my fantasy part of it. Cause Seth pays me, but also part of it because he does outstanding work, um, and brings those together. But yeah, I like those matchups. I mean, Oakland is accessible and I don't know if you noticed you were on vacation, but the Seattle Mariners are kind of cratering right now. Um, 21 years, Drew. 21 years. Uh, thank you so much, Drew, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. We really appreciate it. We do this every week. Um, Drew doesn't know it yet, but he's going to have to start doing it every week as well. We'll talk about it after the show. Um, thank you, guys, again. Uh, for those of you who are listening in podcast form, uh, stay tuned tomorrow for Drew and Janice. Your power rankings will be up, I believe, tomorrow. Yep. Right on schedule. Back at um, it. Uh, or no, our, our, the power rankings will be up on Tuesday. On Tuesday. We, we record the show on Monday. Night. Yeah. This is for the podcast people. The people who are listening live don't oh, count right, anymore. Right. Go away. Go away. There's 24 of you watching this right now. Go away. I'm sorry. Like 24,000 of you watching right now. Let's uh, let's up the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening and or for watching. We really appreciate it. If you have a chance, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Did want to promote one thing on Tuesday. I will be doing a circling the base podcast with Christy Lemire and Alonzo Giralde of the breakfast all day podcast. And we're going to be talking about baseball movies. For those of you unfamiliar, Christy Lemire is the uh, writer for RogerEbert.com, and Arlonzo Duralde is the editor-in-chief, I believe, of The Wrap, and they are both excellent. I'm super excited uh, to talk to both of them. One of them happens to not be a sports fan whatsoever, which I was excited about, because we'll just talk about the quality of baseball movies. I think that will be fun, but that'll be live at 2 Eastern on Twitch on Tuesday. So again, thanks again for listening. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you guys again soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.